This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Seagull Social episode 11. Um, of course, I'm your host, Maz, and I'm uh, joined by my regular hosts, Ryan and Ben. How are we, chaps? Good, Maz, yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate, not bad. A very, very good result on the weekend, so, you know, mate, in very good absolutely. very good spirits. And of course, uh, we are joined by Liam, um, who is also known as Albion Analytics on Twitter or Instagram. Um, how are you doing, Liam? You good? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, not, nice to be on. Good man, good man. Yeah, no, pleasure, pleasure good to have you. Yeah, pleasure to have you, mate. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to sort of find out a bit more about sort of the analytical side of things. Because um, also for me, putting a face to a name. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot yeah. of people, you know, there you are. exactly. I might, might, might disappoint, but yeah, they've got. I'm sure you'll be fine, mate. So just quickly before we sort of get into the Liverpool analysis, so just mm-hmm. quickly tell us about sort of what what it is you do because I know you do a bit of work for Brighton as well. Yeah. Um, so what so what is it exactly that you do? Um, and, and just sort of tell the the listeners a bit more. Sure. Um, it all stemmed from a Twitter page I set up back in uh, God would have been last year now, back in 2019. Um, after Hutton went. Uh, just with the, the you know the aim of putting out some more stats and stuff. Um, to be honest with you, I was quite anti the decision at the time. Um, I felt that perhaps there were some harsh perceptions around the sacking, uh, mm. the style of play, our performance, etc. So it was just trying to educate fans, but really, and say, look, here's what the numbers are telling us, uh, and it's just sort of stemmed from there, really, it, alongside the, the degree that I do at uni. Uh, and, and since then, the club have got in contact and said, look, look, we like what you're doing. Do you fancy writing a, a match preview each week and do some other bits? And, course i jumped at the idea because you know yeah, why, why wouldn't i say so, yeah it's uh it's great that's sick so with, with your degree then what what, what degree mm. do you do so i do football coaching and management i'm studying in, in wembley um so wembley stadium's my my campus i get to go into each week uh, which is sick. yeah it's, de- it's decent that's mad. That's that's mental. Yeah, like obviously, don't get me wrong. We're we're by far an analytical podcast. <laughs> so to have to have your sort of insight into that, but just with regards to you know, analytics, what 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 sort of fascinates you about numbers and or, or does it? In or do you just like doing it? Yeah, I think I enjoy doing. It. I, I honestly like I try to explain to people. I don't. I'm not a mathematician. I did a GCSE in maths. That's it. I've got no like maths background. I, yeah. I, I'm not a massive fan of numbers, but. I'm a fan of like trying to understand football a bit better and trying to ultimately work out that I'm not some nerd sat here with a with a spreadsheet. I'm genuinely intrigued <laughs> as to how we how we can win more games. I'm I'm a fan. I want to win games, and you know that that's yeah. the way that can help us do a bit better. So yeah, that's class. Yeah, I'm not going to admit, you, Liam. Yeah. I was always go on, Maz. No, go on. Go, no, go on, right? Go on. I was going to say, like, I was always against the stats. I think you know we've known each other for a while, so mm-hmm. I was always against the stats. So I think you sort of converted me to liking stats expected goals all that sort of thing i must admit now nowadays i actually i look at it a lot more i've got to be honest and i do quite like it i've actually converted gained a bit of respect for the <laughs> yeah i've got to admit like your pascal gross propaganda consistently has actually got to me and i've got to admit expected goals I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it now <laughs> there, there we go it's just trying to educate yeah i'm, I'm not, not trying to make football more about numbers because it's not i'd like to go to games watch football myself it's not I'm not here to see players perform well statistically. It just helps out. 
Yeah, no, de- no, definitely. Like, and it's funny, Brian. You mentioned uh, XG and stuff. Like, in my in my work mm. group chat, there's this one guy who who like swears by XG, and there's an account, isn't there? Is like a quite popular XG account. XG philosophy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And mm. honestly, every two seconds, <laughs> he'll send he'll send a link in about XG and all this malarkey. And I'll be honest with you, I'm very anti sort of you know uh, XG and that sort of stuff because the way I see it, right? This is this is just my opinion. The way I look at it is. At the end of the day, well, the only stat that matters is the score sheet, right? Yeah. And, and you know, you, you want to win a game. And if it's, you know, 3-0, but then someone says, oh, the, well, the XG was 7.5 or whatever. I don't know how it works. Um, you know, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. But then I do yeah. appreciate the other side of it where, you know, it's nice to see why stats and, and how that comes into play. So, um, yeah, like, it's, it's a very intriguing um, thing and hopefully we can get into it a bit more later on um, but before we do uh, let's get cracking with the uh, Liverpool um, game itself so obviously on the whole boys um, I thought it was a great result um, we'll start with you Ben mm. what was your general general thoughts yeah no absolutely. of course it's well playing against Liverpool of course it's going to be a great result getting a point um, <laughs> uh, again it's weird having to say but I wish we had more <laughs> obviously I wish we had more it's mad, I feel it? like yeah. we could have got more Obviously, the first 20 minutes was, or 15 minutes or so was pretty shaky. I think they had like, here's a stat for you, Liam. They had about 78% <laughs> possession after eight Love minutes it. I saw on Sky, which is <laughs> mad. And then for us to turn that around and start dominating, mm. and those balls over the top, they were working a treat, weren't they? Um, yeah, no, I was, I was very, uh, very proud of the boys. Um, what about you, Ron? Yeah, I think, imagine if we had Lamptey in that team for that game, yeah. because they had two really, that. really slow centre-halves. And if we had Lamptey getting in behind, it would have been, I think we could have easily won that game by quite a distance. But, Even the fullbacks, yeah, no, I thought. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they weren't, Nico Williams, I'm not impressed by, I've got to be honest. But yeah, um, yeah no, I think, yeah, great game. We, we, we should have probably done a bit better, really, because, you know, the Connolly chance in the, in the first um first half I think he definitely should have scored that. It was a great ball by Mope. I know he had a great a bit of a issue, but I don't know what, what what's going on with that. But um no, <laughs> other than that. One, way, like, one um, way of putting it Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. But um I think I think there's maybe a slight deeper lying with him. I, I don't want to get on his back too early because it seems like there's definitely something wrong. Something's getting to him somewhere. I think maybe the um, on the back of the United game, I think something's got to him since then. Maybe the hate on online. I know he put a thing into the Premier League about that. Not sure if there's anything in it, but that's just maybe something. But um, no, I thought the game-wise, we de- deserve the deserve the point at the, at the minimum. And um, you know, whether it was a penalty or not, I think it probably was. Maybe albeit a bit controversial, but you know, we've earned a bit of luck by now. You know, we've had yeah. all of this against us. It's quite nice to actually have something go our way. And um, you know, Gross again on the on the spot. He's, he seems pretty good on there. I think he needs to be on there from from now on. Yeah, more, more regularly. Yeah, uh, and Liam, what, what your general thoughts? Without just obviously echoing what you guys have said, um, to recover a game late on is always good. You know, look for a long spell. It's going to be one of those to, you know, as they say, try and turn your losses into draws, draws into wins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, breaking. That, I think it's a nine game run we had before against Liverpool of losses. So great to break that, of course. Mm-hmm. Felt yeah. sort of very reminiscent of that Fulham game. Um, a couple of seasons ago under Houston, when we obviously missed a penalty, then um, you know had a deficit and, and came back. So um, yeah, points great. Ten from ten is four points in the last two, which you know we quite easily thought we'd get nothing from it. Um, and yeah, from from a defensive perspective, limited. Admittedly, a weakened side, but they're weakened in defence. They still had what um, Salah, Mane on the pitch. Um, yeah. Great finish by Jota as well. I'm not massively in the business of praising opponents, but he's, you know, he's mm. started absolutely flame. As soon as he got the ball, I thought, here's a goal. Oh, he's yes. super, super. Yeah. Straight away, as soon as he got that touch to the ball. So, so that, technically good. Um, yeah. yeah. No, no, definitely. Like again, without trying to echo what, what you all boys <laughs> said, but uh, you know, I went on a podcast. Um, so what was it uh, before, for, like to preview the game? And I remember talking about like basically, I'll be happy with you know if we go away with a sort of two 0 loss, I would have I would have been like okay, fair play. It's, it's Liverpool Football Club. They're huge. You know, they're great run of form. You know, beating what was it? They beat Leicester three 0 the game before in the league yeah. with a very thin yeah. squad. So I was like, well, 
you know what it doesn't really matter but the fact that you know we, we came away with the point is is class um so no i was really really proud of the proud of the boys as, as ben said um but no of course we have got to talk about so there was a lot a lot went on a uh, very very eventful game so let's start from the beginning mm. then um so straight straight away um liverpool let's be let's be frank in the first 10 minutes or so they pretty much you know were all over us i think they had a sort of three good chances i remember was it fabinho's ball to salah um and he sort of shot mm. wide um, that was a great, great, great sort of effort. Um, but then, so the question to, to you, Ryan, is um, the first 10 minutes, you know, we looked a bit shaky. But then after that, um, you know, for the next sort of 20 minutes, half hour, we looked like we were the better team. What do you think changed? What what what, what happened? I think they missed Henderson. I think they changed it when they brought Henderson on. I think their defence was very weakened. I don't think they, they had the pace to sort of keep up with us. Um, Connolly and Mope were working quite well before um, the penalty miss. Um, and I think, to be honest, the, for the whole, really for the first half, apart from the first, as you say, 10 minutes or so, I, I was thinking it was going to be like a, a big loss coming. But, you know, I think we, we were really, really dominant, to be honest. We, we did really yeah. well. And then when, when they scored but didn't score the Salah goal, uh, the offside, um, that sort of was against the run of play. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think they missed um, Henderson. They missed a figure in midfield. Um, yeah. And Bissouma, like, I think he was quite underrated for that game because I haven't seen many kind of praise him, but he was, I think he was class. And um, yeah, I think that's probably the difference in midfield. They uh, they were not at it. And w- until they brought Henderson on, um, I think they yeah. were really weak in there. I was, I was about to say, as soon as Henderson came on, they they looked so much better with it with him on the pitch. Yeah, um, it was a game changer, wasn't it? No, no, ex- exactly. Mm. Um, and and I, I remember uh, Liam, you said earlier as well about the whole the fact that they had Mane. Um, so well, actually, not from, not from the beginning, but they, you know, by the end they had the, those three attacking players and Yotta and Firmino. You know, it's still not it's not like going forward they were missing players, was it, Liam? So yeah, exactly. Well, no. Yeah, so w- with that then, um, so you know, defensively we talk about you know attacking. They had everyone there, but defensively, how much of a loss is, uh, you know, it goes without saying, but how much of a loss was all those players and you know the deput- dep- uh, people deputising like Nico Williams? How much of a big impact has that been? Do you think? Oh, absolutely huge for us. And I've said, um, you know, I've speak, spoken to people before the game was that this is probably for us the best time to play Liverpool. Um, and yeah. obviously you, you get times and seasons where for whatever reason, fixtures are more lucrative or more difficult depending on the opponent. Um, mm. And, you know, you can once again only play what's in front of you. Um, whether, you know, Klopp wants to go on his rants about uh, their, their games and, you know, the number of subs, etc. But look, there's nothing we can do about that. Our job is to mm. come on the pitch and, and perform well. Um, and I thought, you know, the from the technical aspect, I thought, uh, both sides are really, really good at sort of breaking each other down in terms of um, the, the directness, footballs over the top and behind. Um, both probably as a result of the high lines that we both play. Um, you, you know, we, we completed some three balls a game. Colony got sent through early on. Yeah. As Ryan alluded to, obviously him putting it wide. But, um, you know, that to be able to create like a 1v1 against Liverpool is something really, really promising. Uh, and, you know, yeah. that's the hard part done. If, if the difficulty is that you're not scoring it, then I'm sure that that's, that's a real big step in the right direction. Hmm. I was so surprised because he's normally such a good finisher, mm. Connolly. Yeah, and the, the way because the way he shaped for it, I was like, oh, he's, he's put this in like the way he curled it, yeah. and it was, it, you know, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't a horrendous miss. But no. let's be frank, mm. it, you know, when you're one on one with the keeper, you should be at least hitting the target, make the keeper yeah. work, and you know, uh, it was frustrating on that front. And uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's a story. It's about a shame season, it wasn't Welbeck through, wasn't it? If it was yeah. Welbeck, no, through, I'd have backed him to score that any day of the week. I think no, hundred percent. Yeah, if if Welbeck was through, like I mean, look what he did to Villa. He just chipped the keeper as if it was nothing, and that was Martinez. He's <laughs> been brilliant. Yeah. For he would have taken it around Allison, like yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, he would have. He would have rainbow flicked him and volleyed it in or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he injured, injured himself in the process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, the, like like the Lana. Uh, no, but um, no, no yeah. obviously that, that was a, that was a huge miss for us. Um, yeah, you know, Connolly being through one on one, and then and then of course um, we then won a penalty, uh, which we all agree it was a very clumsy challenge, right, from Nico Williams. Yeah, Super, it's yeah. obvious penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't really argue with that one. Um, and it, it's just, I think it's an experience, isn't it, with from Nico Williams? Um, and I think his confidence was. I, I remember uh, against Atalanta, he got. I think I'm pretty sure he got dragged at half time as well. Um, and that was did the it? game before. So, or, or did he? he might, wasn't he? He might have played. The wasn't game, he dragged? Actually. 
um, in the when they paid us to the Amex last yeah. season. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Lampy destroyed him in the first yeah. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, God, his, his confidence must be. That, sure that's, right that, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Like his confidence must be at the bottom. And so mm. I might be wrong about the Atalanta game, but I know for a fact that he didn't have a great game against Atalanta. Um, so going into the game, he must have just been low on confidence anyway. And then he's given away a penalty, uh, and then mm. he's been dragged at half time. So I, I do feel for him. Uh, but yeah, going back to sort of the original point. Um, yeah, the fact that he sort of did that clumsy challenge and then for us to then put Mopai on it. So let, let's put this to you, uh, Liam, with regards to penalty takers, um, how important is it for, you know, for us to stick with one penalty taker, first of all? And also then the second question would be, who would you have on if not Mopay? Um To give Mopai his, his fair credit, historically, he's been a very good penalty taker. I know he hasn't recently for us, but I think he scored nine of 11 uh, in actual competitive games. Obviously, he missed in pre-season. Um, have one saved by Schmeichel, who is obviously a very good penalty keeper. Um, and shows an interesting amount of sort of variance as well in where he puts his penalties. Obviously, Gross is renowned for going across the keeper and use that to his advantage against Anderson by sort of shaping up to do that and then going down the middle. Um, so I was, I was a bit nervous he family stepped up because I thought, you know, what does he do here? Mm. Um, it's mm. almost like you become too good a penalty taker, a bit like when you know <laughs> Harry Kane takes him for England. Of You have such yeah. a good routine of putting it one place. Um, uh, of course, yeah, we saw with Hemmer and Murray in the Championship and then in the Prem how... how you know, beneficial it is to, to win those penalties and almost know that you're going to score it. Um, absolutely huge. But I thought Mapai just looked, he, was, he seemed to be really focused on Alisson um, as he took the run-up. I, I saw it sort of two or three times in, in the replay. Um, he sort of was checking his position and almost seemed to, you know, want to send him the wrong way. Um, and, and maybe for me, you know, you've not got to send the keeper the wrong way. You, you've got to hit the target and you can probably have them dive the right way and still score. Um, yeah. So, you know, he will be more annoyed than any Brighton fan is, to be fair. But as, as Ryan said, I'd, I'd Fully agree. I think that's something a, a bit deeper, um, sort of under the surface. That he, he's not quite seen himself since he returned from whatever the sort of spat was. Um, yeah. Same in, in the Villa game was was looking a bit um, almost like he's trying too hard at times in front of goal, trying to you know really sort of force a goal. Mm-hmm. So you know, hopefully, if, he, if there is anything underlying that that can be resolved ASAP. But um, yeah, he'll, he'll come back stronger. I love that you can just pull out. Oh yeah, he scored nine out of his last eleven penalties just like that. So casually, <laughs> just, I think I, I did read I've that. Been thinking about it the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. He's a fraud. Yeah, and uh, um, Ryan, um, you mentioned Pascal Gross. Um, would you do you want to see him being our regular penalty taker, or are you happy? You know, yeah, I mean, he's only. Um, I'm going to do the stats now. He's, he scored four and five, any for us. Um, he missed against Fulham. I can't remember. Fulham was it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. Well, we so, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it, it was. That, it was that one. So Liam, we trust. that was Liam, what. We trust. <laughs> that was what two years ago. So yeah, I think he um, he's got to be the penalty taker. I mean, I was saying when when it was on, I was like, got to be gross, got to be gross, got to be gross. Because mm. look around the pitch. Who else is it going to be? Realistically, dunk. Um, yeah, the dunk maybe. Um, I don't know if I have to feel comfortable though. I'd be like, if dunk yeah, was over, I'll, it, I'll be. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be scared, especially in 91st, second, third, wherever it was, minute. It'd be a bit like, oh, God. But yeah, I think it's got to be gross, personally. Like, if, if you've got a German on the pitch, let him take it. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the German efficiency. I love it. The German efficiency. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, um, uh, so yeah, of course, you know, that was a, a big, big moment for us. Obviously, we missed that. And I, and I thought from there on in, I was like, this is just not going to be our day. Um, and then he, well, he went down mm-hmm. injured about, was it a couple of minutes after that? Um, so that, that was. Well, that was injured. Yeah, well, so so let's talk about this then. So Ben, what, what, do you think it was an injury, or do you think he was just annoyed and just stormed off the pitch? I, I'd like to think that a professional footballer wouldn't go off in a strut <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to think because that's what he gets paid to do, right? Yeah. I doubt he. You can't just turn up to work and go. Oh, I've had a bad call. I'm going to go home now. You can't. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to think Neil Mope thought I actually did have a problem with his hamstring, which I think it was or something like that, wasn't it? He's holding his thigh or his hamstring. So I, I would like to think that he actually did have an injury. But obviously part of it, he probably thought, I need to get off this pitch, maybe. Mm. The only thing right, that Ryan, I think about convinced. the injury... Yeah, the only thing that I think is like, the physio came on, didn't he? And he completely ignored the physio. Like, he just didn't want to speak to him. Um, and he didn't wait for a sub to sort of come in. We had like a good two minutes without Trossard actually coming on the pitch. He just he literally, took, it, he literally took himself off the pitch. So to me, it just looked like he had enough. He just looked like he just snapped and he wanted yeah. to just get off the pitch. Probably like the world was caving in on him. He, just need, he needs to get off. He just needs to get out of that situ- yeah. situation. He could he could and read the tweets already, couldn't he? You could see <laughs> yeah, the tweet feeds well, going ham on him. I, I could imagine like, like, being, a, going on him. 
we spoke to Ankergren, didn't we, about social media? Um, and he said that he just couldn't hack mm. it now as a player. Because I can just imagine, like, having that amount of abuse and the hate and the, the comments just coming but through all the time. Fan base, fan base like United and Arsenal. Yeah, it just yeah. must be heavy. It must be hard. But then the question... But then the question remains then, surely if you're doing that then, so if you're, let's say you, you're walking off the pitch, surely you're then attracting more hate and more abuse because you're then perceived as giving up. You know, you're like, for example, yeah, I, you know, I, I know this is a different example, but like Daniel Dubois, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the foot, the boxing match, Daniel Dubois, he, he was perceived as giving up, you know, he, he basically, took, he, so he, he took a knee, right? So he got, he got, he got you know, jab, jabbed in the eye quite a lot of times and went, uh, wow, really? yeah, took, took a knee and took uh, a knee. Yeah. So Jesus literally Christ. just, just gave, well, a lot of these pundits said that, you know, gave him a lot of abuse online saying that he gave up. And so that sort of brings you back to the point of Mopai is like, are you then, attra- are you then attracting more abuse by doing that? If, if that is the case, of course, you know, we don't know, we don't know, but if that is the case, if he's just stormed off. The thing is, so, I guess if you wanted to counteract Mopay is, Maybe he does. He has brought it upon himself. He wants to be this like big rattler who can do the crying thing into the crowd and like try and yeah, wind everyone yeah. up by cupping his ears and stuff like that. Like if he's going to bring it upon himself to a degree, he's got to take it back. But maybe I think if I don't know if you're getting things about your family, personal stuff, if you're getting whatever it is, probably not football related. I think that's when it sort of crosses. And I guess. I mean, he did launch, as I said, an appeal to um, to the Premier League. So, if it was something to do with that, I co- I can see like his his form has definitely dipped since that United game, and um, I, I think that's pro- I think that's what that's that's what's happened there. I saw an article with the Athletic. It said that um, it was about Neil Mopé and how he idolised Carlos Tevez and that he wanted to emulate his play. So you can kind mm. of see where the shit house mentality comes from. <laughs> no, definitely yeah. emulating Tevez. No, and, and the thing mm. is, I, I actually quite I I like that edge to him because I think I think that's what makes him him. Like I wouldn't want to mm. see him, um, you know, dumb it down or um, take that away because I feel like that's the kind of edge that makes him who he is. Um, and, mm. and I think that that's what what makes him Neil Mopai and it makes him a great player is having that aggression, having that bit of you know that bit of spark and that bit of. Yeah, a bit about him because I, I personally, I watch football and I love characters. You know, all these big characters you see on the pitch, your Balotelli's, you know, all these like, characters. I love that. Like, that's part of the game. Um, and I'd hate to see that being taken away just because some people don't like it. Like, I, I just think, feel it's a, um, it be a bit of a shame. I think with that, like, as I say, he's got to have the quality to sort of back it up. Like you see Jamie Vardy does it. He yeah, can just true. give it and he, he'll do yeah. it. He doesn't care. I love Vardy. And um but he can just, he'll back it up. He'll always score a goal. If, if everyone's having a go at him, he'll score without a doubt. Yeah. And he'll give it back to everyone back. And he, he doesn't care. And I think that's the thing. You've got to have the quality back. And if you're going to give it all out and then, I don't know, you, you, your form dips, you start missing penalties, you know, the, the fans are on you. It's, it's going to get to you eventually. Yeah. I mean, you're a human being at the end of the day. No, hundred uh, percent agreed. And um, so, so we, we've we've discussed what my quite a lot. So let, let's move on to one of the other incidents that we uh, that was uh, well. There's actually two of these. So there's two uh, no goals given to Liverpool. So the first one, um, Salah's offside. Um, I thought personally we, we looked quite open. Um, you know, they cut us open quite mm. easily, um, which was quite worrying from a defensive perspective. But um, Liam, what do you think of um, obviously both decisions? So you had the Salah one, and then also you had the Mane one. I know a lot of people were moaning about uh, the Mane decision. What, what were your thoughts on those? The the tricky thing with VAR now is that because they let these sort of phases occur, particularly with offside stuff, is that you will concede goals, don't have them ruled out. I think that we as human beings in, in a football sense just have a bias now, but because we've seen the goal conceded and then be overruled, rather than it being flagged and, you know, Salah making the run, touching it and then it not shooting, I think we have to remember that at the end of the day, the defensive line on both occasions was pretty much perfect maybe a bit less so for for the first one um but mm. on both occasions you, you've caught caught them offside um so yeah it's uh, again um matt ryan potentially you know I'm not, I'm not someone that dislikes him compared to many i, I do still think he's really quality but perhaps did cover himself in glory for the first one admit it's quite a mm. scuffed finish it's quite an awkward goal and um, yeah. sort of kicks it into the mm. floor um but it's just so central yeah that you, you think you know if he flicks something at a shoulder tilts his head will he get something on it um, and, yeah. and for the second one, I'm not sure whose man um, it was. Um, but again, I don't think there's much to do finish-wise. It was a really good header at the time. Um, but I, I could see in real time it happened. My first thing was he, he looked off um, and, mm. you know, he's um, admitted with I the first one. I think was VAR. served on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the VAR Because it wasn't a foul, was it? 
Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, mm. when, when Ben White tackled him, I was like, oh, that's, that's not yeah. a foul. Yeah. It's right. never a foul. Opinion. And then I, I, was I was in my lounge. I was like, if they, if this goes in, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. And I did. I lost my shit. Like you said, Ryan, it was never it was never a yellow card. Never. Like, never. How, never. It wasn't a foul. No, it wasn't. He won the ball. Yeah. I'll be honest, in real time, I thought it was a foul. Watching the replays. Um, did you? Yeah, that's, it's just the uh, speed yeah. he went in at. And I always try and be fair to rest. Obviously, they don't have the benefit of all these replays and stuff. My first thought was... Yeah. Even if he'd got the ball, it was a very assertive challenge. It was very forceful. Um, and you've got to remember, that I think the, the angle the ref had, he was behind the ball. Um, you know, the way he might have seen it, it might have looked more like a foul. So, And we've seen with our overturn decisions for, for us at, at Villa with March's one. Um, and, and also, obviously, the, the one with Robertson from Welbeck. You know, you can benefit a lot from sort of a reverse angle. But thankfully, as you say, mm. it didn't come to anything in the end. I think, I think that's then got to go down to the rules of the game nowadays. Like... There's so much about the rules that I disagree with now. Um, and it seems to be like we talk more about the decisions than we actually do about the football. And that's that's mm. and we're on the back of a good result for us. And we're, yet we're still talking about decisions that are still for us. Negative stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like we're still focusing on the decisions. And it's like it's not just, um, you know, you can't blame VAR because VAR is there to help them out. Um, mm. But it's the it's the rules of the the offsides, I think how they're going to sort offside out in the current mess it's in right now, I've got no idea because I, I, I've always I don't know. been on the I don't mind of, the offside, you know, your feet are on, you're on, but that's small... no longer a thing. I don't mind the offside, but I think it's just the small decisions. Like, the, let's go to the Welbeck penalty. I think, I don't know, if that was against me, I'd be really annoyed yeah. because was it clear and obvious, the same mm. as the Solly March one last week. And yeah, those decisions, it's just such fine margins. Like, in real time, it doesn't look bad. Mm. And if Danny Welbeck didn't go down, I pray, I'm so happy that Yeah, he wouldn't him. have got it. So imagine if it was, yeah, if it was someone else, <laughs> maybe they wouldn't have gone down because it was minimal contact. But because Danny mm. Welbeck finally went to the ground, that's why it was given. Like if he stood up and just continued running, they wouldn't have gone back so, to it. So this, this was a point that Liverpool fans brought up, right? So they said that Danny Welbeck, why did it take him two or three steps until he fell? And now, this, so my, my perspective on this is, so for example, right? He if now footballers like like we mentioned VAR all this sort of stuff is so difficult for these footballers right now because if you're too honest right and you don't go down you probably won't get the penalty if you do go down you get accused of che uh, cheating and being a diver so you're in this you're in this half sort of you're in this predicament where do, do I do the right thing do I be honest or do I go down and do I try and you know get the penalty so I, I I do feel for footballers at the moment because because of VAR the introduction of VAR and stuff. But I just want more clarity and more communication from the the you know the league or whatever the rule makers just to let us know like this is the rules um, and you know this is why we've given the decision. I, I think that would help. That's a again lot. got to come down to the rules though, hasn't it? It's 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 the messed up rules. I don't even understand the off cyber anymore. Okay, um, okay. So and the, and the so thing with Leah mentioned earlier. Sorry, man. The thing that Leah mentioned no, earlier. Um, about the whole, you. It's not even when you touch it anymore. It's, it, I don't even know what the the offside thing is, where you, where the balls played through and they sort of let the move mm. see out. I get it on mm. the point of the VAR thing, where if it's a goal, then they can rule it out. Blah blah blah. But I, I, it's just as a fan's point of view, it's so frustrating. And I think as well on a player's point of view, because we're always talking about player protection at the minute. If that player's run through and then they pull a hamstring, they twist their ankle or they get taken yeah. out by the goalkeeper, they get injured for three weeks. They didn't even need to because it was offside. And if that flag's gone up, that injury doesn't happen and the goal yeah. doesn't get ruled out or whatever happens. Like, I just think that whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. And that's just my personal opinion. I'm sure, I don't know if you guys agree. but I think in Europe, in Europe, it's worse because I think they let them play no matter how... Uh, no matter how offside the player is. But when it's a fine margin like that, you can understand yeah. that it would go back to VAR. But when yeah. it's obviously an obvious offside, the, in Europe, they, the linesmen still don't put their flag up, which I find is pointless them even being there. Mm. Really. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so I've got a good question for you all. Um, so we'll, we'll go around. What, how would you guys, first of all, do you think it's plausible and would you want to see it introduced? Having, um, similar to in rugby, having a microphone, uh, the, the referee sort of, you know, speaks to Stockley Park, whatever it might be, and we hear it on the TV screens. Let's start with you, Liam. Would you like to see that introduced and do you think it's a good idea? Yes, 100%. Um, I saw a really good video of one of the A-League refs in Australia. Um, yeah, I'll see that I know they talk about that, oh, players swear and this and that, but... I'm sure that will very quickly put a stop to that if you're if you're repeatedly swearing sort of on TV. Um, from a fan's perspective on the ground, if you can hear what's being said, 
Um, I think that will clear a hell of a lot of things up because otherwise, obviously, if you're sat there staring at a screen that's it's just saying VAR, you don't even get the benefit of what they do on TV, whereas where you're seeing the videos and stuff, um, it, it would, you know, and it, it, it does my head and listen to all the pundits trying to determine, you know, and, and as, as Ryan said, that we end up having more discussion about the decisions and then you've got pundits who are ex-pros or, you know, are really knowledgeable people who can give you really good insight, but they're sat here discussing what might what might have gone wrong in, in the phase. So, yeah, I, I would, you know, it can't hurt, can it, if you, if you try and it, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but uh, yeah, work 100%. it does for me. Right, Ryan, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm fully with Liam on that. I mean, it's um, it also opens a sort of the dark way of football where, you know, match fixing and all that sort of thing, it sort of opens that up a little bit. You know, you don't know what they're saying to each other. You don't know with the whole big team bias thing. You don't know what's being said. They could be saying this and that. We don't know because we don't, we're not there. Mike Dean not... in there, Stockley Park saying, I've got an Acre United. Give me, give me but, the, but the thing yeah. is like, as, as, as stupid as it sounds, you don't know, you know, and I think we need to understand as fans, like what, what they're saying and what sort of thing they're looking at, because if, putting ourselves back at the games, you know, albeit we haven't been there for a long time, but when we're back eventually, um, and there's this big purple screen that comes up checking this and we're just like, what's going on? I don't understand what's going on. And I think they don't even show the incident and they don't tell us what's going on. And I just think that's, it's so poor on the fans because, you know, we're the ones that, you know, we, 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 we're the ones, we're the reason why football is as big as it is, you know, without fans, football's nothing. So yeah, I think there needs to be a lot more clarity on like sort of the decisions and, and what the what they're saying. No, definitely. And finally, Ben, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll be quick. I just I'd love it, but I just don't think it would work simply because the players will swear. That's the yeah, that's you the hear thing. the players swearing. But the th- but the thing is, in, in rugby though, I don't I don't think you do, do you? Well, they they just got better manners. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, you see, I don't know if you saw the Inter Madrid game. Did you see when the referee was getting surrounded? Yeah, I think it was Anthony Taylor. Vidal screaming in his face, Ashley Young like screaming there, all of them just screaming at Anthony Taylor. But and I mean, if, if it... I, I, I do, I do agree. How much with of you, a I snowflake do you have to be? But, but, that, but that's, that's the thing. Like that's that's Who, that, me? that's my that's my view on it. It's like okay, <laughs> swearing, but like swearing is right. like a thing where like because you can have a delay. So like in boxing, right? Okay. So again, I'll, I'll talk back to boxing. The BT Sport, they cut their coverage. They had a delay. On the on the on the coverage, so the swear words they beefed it out because there was a delay. So we see oh, it like right. so we see it like yeah. ten, so the, the the producer or editor would edit it out like ten seconds before or whatever. Yeah. So you know that that's an easy fix. Like for me, I don't see that yeah, as, a, as a barrier to. to Sky do that play. anyway, don't they? With with chance and stuff. You, the amount of times I've heard watching the EFL like chance about Sky being effing yeah. SHIT, yeah. and then yeah, and then yeah. That, that's really loud, and then all of a sudden it goes quiet, and you start hearing. ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、
Um, you know, it's, I think it might be nice for Liverpool to see, you know, what a lot of other teams feel that they have the other way around when yeah, soft penalties go, go the other way. So, well, well, welcome yeah. to the club, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they've quit, they quickly forgot the one the penalty they won against West Ham when Salah went yep. down. Or the one they did against us, yeah, when, back, back back when Gross pushed uh, Salah a couple of seasons ago. So yeah, yeah, we, and that as well, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah no, def, no, def, definitely, definitely, and um, of course as well, a big big moment was Ali Reza's missed header as well. So he actually, uh, we all, I, I think, Brian, you're you're a big fan of Ali Ali Reza. Uh, you sort of fly his flag <laughs> flag very high. Um, what, what do you what do you think of his chance? Do you think it was an easy one? Do you think he should be scoring, or what, what were your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he should have scored, but then it's a good job <laughs> he didn't because I think he was offside. Um, yeah, so um, so it's a good job he didn't because yeah. didn't we get a corner from that? Yeah, or something we did. Like that? So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a good job he didn't score it. Oh, but yeah, nearly a Robertson done. own goal, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, yeah, so close. So yeah, no, yeah it's a good job he didn't and, score and, and, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and talking to Ali Reza, um, he looked really sort of bright when he came on. Um, do, do you think mm. Ben? Um, do you, do you think he's gonna? You know, he should be getting a starting berth now, or do you think there's just no space for him at the moment, just with the attacking quality we got? No, I, I can't see a starting spot for him really. Like we brought Trossard off the bench and. There's no way he's getting ahead of Trossard, really. Um, if Mopé's out for the uh, if Mopé's out for the next few games, then maybe we'll see him more. But um, no, I can't. I can't see uh, him starting anytime soon. Yeah, no. Uh, and, and Ryan, you, you're his biggest fan. Do you, do you think he deserves a place? No, no. I, I, let's be real. No, let's be honest. But um, yeah, with Mo, with Mopé out, maybe uh, there's there's another opportunity there. Uh, Connolly was good though, so you can't drop Connolly. Although, but with that being said, I didn't think Trossard actually did too much against Liverpool. But then, there's no doubt in his qualities. Like Trossard's easily one of our best players on his day. So, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to sort of see him coming in. But I do like him as an impact sub. I think he does quite well whenever he really yeah. comes on. I don't think I've ever, in a long time anyway, that I've been disappointed with one of his performances. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and uh, we saw a lot of petulance uh, from a lot of the players. So, well, I say a lot of the players, three, three in particular. Um, so we saw first, obviously, Connolly going, oh, sorry, Mopai going off in a massive uh, sulk, a bit of a strop. Um, you then saw Connolly go off uh, again, fuming, and then finally Salah for Liverpool as well. But let's talk about <laughs> our players. Um, so, Liam, what, 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 does that, what does that say about, um, you know, for example, Connolly and Mopai? What, what do you think that, that gives the impression to Graham Potter? Does that show that they care or does it show the opposite i think he'll know best knowing these players day in day out um i think from Connie's perspective i know he had a very difficult uh, international break with ireland in terms of uh, not playing because of a covid test from someone else he was in contact with and then it turned out that wasn't the case so um qu- quite literally um which meant that he obviously <laughs> missed out playing um so he's leave, oh that is the most group chat thing i've heard anyway, yes, go yeah on. yeah um but no he's obviously had a difficult period of time and i thought he was probably one of our better forward players um no you know, definitely my um, part obviously is hard to judge him on a limited amount of playing time Connolly, a very good runner in behind obviously caused Liverpool problems um perhaps didn't take his chance um, but did did he really do enough to warrant being taken off then? Perhaps I didn't didn't feel so. Um, maybe again, this is a game management thing. He might have been lined up to only have sixty odd minutes. Um, I, I obviously don't. Um, unfortunately, don't don't know that. But yeah, I, I think that they're always the sort of players who you, you know, uh, uh, particularly Mapai. Um, you see their emotions when they play. Um, Connolly maybe less so, but I think it's still there. So you know, we've had it with knockout and stuff before as well that. These players that do play emotionally, um, as you were saying, that they're, they're the personalities. That's why you know you can't have one without the other. Um, so, yeah. I, I think that you know a level of frustration is something Potter would have had too as well. Uh, there was a really good clip of him when um, Ali almost had that header late on with Potter almost trying to nod it in himself from in the technical area. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think that's standard for sort of all players. Just these two had it captured by the camera. To be fair, yeah. Well, yeah, and so did Salah, didn't mm. he? He was fuming, so that kind of. Yeah. Get, get, made Connolly look a bit less well yeah a bit less of a stroppy boy uh, <laughs> uh, salad as well yeah I, I mean I think we're Connolly as well we got to take into account I, I don't like using age as, as an excuse but uh, you know we got we got to, we got to, you know admit that yeah he's still young he's still learning um it's all part of you know growing and um you know and I'm sure you know he, I think he was I think he was frustrated more than anything like the fact that I think he missed that chance in the early uh, he's probably still thinking about that and he just sort of vent in his frustration so I don't I don't think we should read too much into it um, I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with players having emotion in, on the on the pitch. No, really, no, I think no, agree. Agree. I think it. I, I'm on. I'm always on the side of it shows they do care because you know I'd rather them come off in a strop thinking, oh god, I could have done this, I, I should have yeah. done that, and I've played all right. And I think I'd rather them come off like that than just 
not care. You know, I'd, I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather them have a bit of emotion and passion for the club I'd, as much as it's a cliche, you know, passion and all that. But I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather them be passionate and want to play for the club than just be in a strop. And that's, I think that's why you've noticed my Ali Razor uh, uh, propaganda all over her. Twitter, but you know that's that. I think that's what it is. I think it's the it's the love for the club and like that sort of thing. I think it's hard not to like a player like that, and um, I, no. I prefer it if they were you know loving the club. No, agreed. Um, so so just to, just to summarise then, boys. Um, I think it was a very very positive uh, sort of you know performance from us. The fact, like I said, going into the game, I didn't expect anything. So the fact we've come away with a draw, um, you know, it just testament. Mm. And and actually, Ryan, I think I think you said it right at the beginning, or was, it might be Ben actually. Uh, you know, I was, I actually left the game feeling like we actually could have gone away with all three points there. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. so just, just, just quickly, just to sort of summarise the game from each and one, one of you. We'll start with you, Ben. Uh, just quickly, a quick summary on like, yeah, what, what you thought about the whole game as, as a whole. But yes, yeah, it's very positive. I think what Liam said, us coming from behind, just and I, I love saying the words as Brendan Rogers says, great character. Yeah, great character. <laughs> it's a great thing to have. I think yeah, it just shows the squads. The squad's fighting for Potter and I think we've known that for a while now and then finally results are paying off it seems and we've got a good run of games coming up I think we've got four decent decent games coming up now where we can pick up some points so um yeah very positive compared to the past nine episodes of the podcast <laughs> um Liam Look, it's, it's a great point um as you've all said pre- prefacing the game in terms of the level of opposition uh what we're expecting but also feels like two points dropped and I think that you know both of those things can can be true um, I think again, important not to read too much into it because although the stats will say that you know we did have really quality chances, that ultimately comes down to one penalty that we missed that will constitute a lot of that. Um, and you know, on on another day we we do put both penalties away. It's a completely different game. Who knows what happens? But, but yeah, as Ben said, nothing better than coming back in and scoring late on as as we've done a few times now this season. And what what was the XG saying? Uh, it was it was margin over two, but that's including two penalties, which which are about 0.8 each. Um, so. You know, we, we edged it, but it wasn't a, a high-scoring game outside of the two penalties. So, so in layman's terms, then, just just for someone yeah. who doesn't understand what XG means mm-hmm. <laughs> or doesn't get this whole stat-based yeah. sort of thinking, well, what, what does that exactly mean? So you mentioned two points. What does that actually mean? So it, it's just shot probability, basically, and they, they add it up. So penalties get scored about 80% of the time. So four out of five penalties um, roughly go in. So that translates to a decimal is 0.8. Basically, if you were to take... Um, right. two penalties over okay. a game they'd add that together and that you would be expected to score 1.6 goals obviously we all know that goals are scored in multiples of one you can't score a fraction of a goal but if you take for instance Pesuma's goal against Burnley on the final day um, that sort of goal will come at a lot lower probability because he's much further out there's defenders in the way um, you know especially if you start then going wide of the goal uh, so look, the normal things you'd expect like you will know as a football fan that oh it, one chance is, is more than another in terms of the chance of it being mm. scored it's just putting the number to that so Basuma's one I think was like 0.02 0.03 so you know it's a really really good finish that gets scored only a few times out of 100 uh, so it all just looks at sort of repeatability of results and, and as you said Maz and I was, was fully agreeing with you about the scoreline mattering well 100% I think you can be uh, you can be the deserved winners of a game um, and you can have very, very few shots. You know, if you defend really well and your keeper makes great saves, you make great blocks, a bit like we did at Villa. And then Sonny mm. March popped up with a worldly goal to, to win it. The, the chances, what the stats say are that you won't repeat the result often, um, but, you, you know, you'll deserve winners because the aim of football is to put the ball in the goal and stop the opponents doing it the way around. So, you know, I, I think I don't like the term deserved or undeserved being attributed to XG. It's telling you how likely it is to occur again. Um, so for, for the Liverpool one, obviously, you, you expect a team to more often than not convert two penalties in in the same game than, than to score one and miss one. Fascinating. That's that's very I gen- is that, is, that is genuinely very interesting. Um and it is it's nice just in layman term because I'll be honest, when you see all these like these like stats thrown at you like two point three eight and like what does it all mean? Yeah. Like, you know, just so have it <laughs> have it explained in layman's terms is, is very interesting. And finally up, yeah. No, thank you. And and finally Ryan, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, have to remember back after the uh, expected goals, what Liam said. You're mesmerised by the whole. <laughs> I must admit, I was, I was, I had something in my head about what I was going to say about Liam, and then he goes off on this uh, expected goals, and I just completely drawn into it, and now I've actually forgotten what he said. But um, no, you know, we uh, think with the whole, we're so lucky to have Graham Potter. Uh, um, I think without him, we wouldn't be getting these sort of results, and you know. We, we're saying we're, you know, disappointed not to have two, you know, we're, sorry, three, we're, we're disappointed with two points dropped. And that shows really how far we've come in such little time. 
Um, I'm always on the side of, you know, trying to praise Potter as much as I can. And obviously, you know, the results haven't been there. But, you know, on on a day where we're defending on mass and we're not taking, you know, really the game to them at all, I think it goes to show like how far we've come, like taking on Liverpool and being disappointed with not winning a game. Like, it's just incredible. And yeah, yeah I think we were full, fully deserved at least a point there. And, um, you know, I'm really, yeah, I'm really happy with it completely. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, no, good, good, good summary, boys. I think I think we're all in agree. <laughs> you know, we all agree with, with the same sort of principle um, premise of, of what happened. And so, yeah, very positive. And um, it sort of takes us on very nicely, actually, um, to um, our sort of next fixture. So let's talk about our next, so looking ahead. So we've got Southampton in the next game. Um, so let's start off with you, Ben, then. Um, Southampton have been in great form. I know they lost to Man United. They lost 3-2 last minute. But, you know, they, they had some great, you know, first half, they were class. They went 2-0 up. Um, and then sort of capitulated in the like, second half. Um, but yeah, uh, what, 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 how do you see that game going uh, against Saints? I don't know. I, f- I feel like it's quite a tough one to call. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I reckon it, it'll be a tight one. Uh, both teams pretty good on the attack, aren't we? Um, I suppose you could say it could compare it to the Villa game. That would be both really yeah. attacking teams. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. I can't really say too much on it, to be honest. I just, I think it'll be a tight one. Can anyone help him out, Ryan, Ryan Liam? Yeah. I mean, we're notoriously not great against Southampton since mm. Championship days, really. I think mm. I can I, the the 3-0 result with Matt Sparrow, I don't know if you guys remember, but it always springs to mind whenever I think of a Southampton at home. Um, he scored that like 35-year-old goal. It was just, yeah, absolute madness. But no, in terms of Southampton, we're never particularly great against them. Uh, we normally come away with like a one or draw or something. But um no, I, I'm quite. I want to be positive at the moment because yeah. you know we, we've played really, really well. I mean, we've we've taken four points out of Villa and Liverpool, who are two teams that we've never taken points off in the league. Uh, I don't think we've beaten ever Villa at Villa Park. So you know we've never got a point against Liverpool. So you know we're taking these points against teams that we never beat, and you know that's um, yeah. that's something to take from that. So. You know, going into Southampton, you know, don't get me wrong, they're fantastic at the minute. They mm. Hassan Hurtle's done a fantastic job at Southampton. It's clear to see that he's got the team playing really well. And I think, to be honest, we need to almost look at Southampton and think, you know, that's what we could easily be like. You know, they they were complaining, their fans were saying we're not getting the results, but we're playing really nice football. And now they're getting their results. Okay, United wasn't a great one, but um, overall, they've been really, really strong. And um, that Ward Prowse just don't give him a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, he will put it in uh, the back of the net every That's time. That's an expected um, goal of 100%. Well, we can, yeah, we can ask Liam about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his XG must be through the roof. Um, no, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and a question to you, Liam. Um, so, obviously, yeah, we know that they've been quite you know good going forward um, as they displayed... Um, against Man United, but um, I feel like maybe defensively they're a bit frail at the back. How do you see? You know, what, what do you think they are their weak areas? Um, I, I think they're very much like us in that sense, that, and it should make for a really, really entertaining game. That a side who can create a lot, but but will perhaps um, sort of yeah. ship chances as well. Um, you know, another really high pressing side. If you look at sort of their their ball recovery numbers, they're right up at the top. Same sort of their rates of pressing. Obviously, I think and hope that Danny Ings is still going to be out. Um, I believe yeah. he is. Um, so that is obviously a, a big plus Thank for us. Um, obviously, <laughs> on the flip side, they scored two set piece goals um, in in the in the game against United. So, you know, theoretically, Warprowse shouldn't be able to keep converting free kicks at, at this rate. But he seems to sort of hate XG so much that he, he doesn't care. Um, so, so yeah, he's he's second top I think score all time for direct free kicks in the Prem now. Um, he, really? he's, he's, yeah, he's, wow. he's truly outstanding. I think Beckham's the only one that's, that's above him, um, which that's is nice. yeah, he's 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 truly immense. Um, yeah, I think it's what we sort of showed in in the um, in the game sort of post lockdown that you know they are vulnerable defensively. Um, we, we did we did create chances, um, and, and yeah, I think more so than them potentially being weak, it's just us having strengths and that you've got someone like Welbeck now who's really sort of on firing form. Um, he scored five goals then against Saints in his career. He's, he's scored a lot against them. Mm. Um, you, you know, we we've, we've got talent. Mapai obviously got his tenth goal um, last season against against Saints. So. Um, you, there's there's points to be won there. Um, it, it really depends what Brighton turns up, and it really, I guess, at the same time depends what yeah. um, Southampton deter- uh, turns up. No, I was going to say, yeah. going on the back of their recent well, recent results, you know, we're we're on the back of a decent result against mm-hmm. Liverpool, last minute winner. They conceded a last minute uh, last minute goal, so hopefully that'll play, yeah. and their morale will be a bit mm-hmm. down. No, definitely. I mean, it will, it's, a, it's a game you look at, right? And you think it's a very, like the way we've been playing recently uh, and the form we've got and the sort of form they're on as well. Like 
it's a it's a weird one because we're playing well, they're playing well, <laughs> and it's not not a game that you it's not a game you look at and think well, we can't get anything from it. But then it's a game is like oh it is a difficult game, so it's a very weird one for me. Like uh, I, yeah, I don't really know what to expect. Like, like you said, Liam, which Brighton terms are mm. will be very interesting, and it'll be interesting. Uh, 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 a big question I, I'm interested to see is um, how Potter will set up. So you know where he'll play certain players, how he'll set us up with regards to um, what game was it against. Uh, uh, well, against Liverpool, he started three three attackers, which I was I was like, what the hell's going on here? Like, Graham Potter's gone free mm. free free up top against Liverpool. I was like, this is unbelievable. Inject it into my veins, and then and then for, <laughs> you know, for all you know, against Southampton, he'll play like six at the back or something. It's like you just know mm. you don't know with Potter, <laughs> which is the I suppose the beauty of it. Um, I suppose, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we do. And um, I think I, th- I think I'm very confident uh, going into it. And talking of Southampton, Ryan. You are the golden ticket winner. You've actually grabbed yourself a ticket yes. for the game. Ryan's got a golden ticket. Yes. Yes. Talk to us because I'm actually interested to know, Ryan. I, I'm actually interested to know the process behind it. So, um, obviously, I know you oh. you were fortunate enough to get it through some various uh, sort of you know dodgy sources. But what, what's the, what's the usual process of, of trying to get a ticket? Do you, do you know? Can you fill us in? I uh, mate, I don't know to be honest. It, no. It's um, anyone knows? Just, anyone it, knows? It was just a lucky. Yeah. It was a lucky There's golden an ticket. It's a ballot, stamp on it, his but, ticket. Uh, <laughs> What's that, Ben? No, it's... So there's an Alibaba stamp on his team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it no, was just um... Um, bit, a bit of luck, I think it was uh, safe to say. Yeah. But they uh, came in clutch with this one and I'm uh, very excited for it. I mean, being back at the Amex is going to be great. You know, it's just being yeah. back there. I didn't go to the Chelsea friendly. So, you know, just being back there, just even if it's only going to be, what, 2,000 of us, it's just, just yeah. to be back is going to be so nice. And I'll finally get to see Tariq Lamptey in... My club yeah. shirt, which is going to be great. <laughs> no, amazing. I'm no. glad one of us is going because it'll be interesting to see yeah, if you yeah. have any other any other views that we might have missed. Watching yeah, yeah that's that's actually that. a good point. Yeah, because yeah. like I always on the I'm always on the side of um, you know if you're actually at the game, you can watch players individually and sort of like what they do off the ball and off the cameras that you wouldn't see. Um, and that's what I'm really excited to sort of see if he's fit, Lalana. I really want to see him how he sort of works off the ball because I've mentioned it before. Yeah. I feel like he's probably quite good to watch. I could imagine, but um, and and Lamptey as well. I'd love to see if he does if he does play. Um, I can imagine he probably would. Um, although with that being said, Veltman's been brilliant. Um, that's something we yeah. haven't said on the podcast yet. I've I've really 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 liked Veltman, um, but where he gets into our team now, I don't know because yeah. you can't put him on the left uh, for Webster, which is probably the only one that I'd probably compare him to because of the. The left-footed thing, but um, yeah, excited. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's fair to say we're all very jealous. Um, so I hope yeah. you enjoy. It. And <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be uh, like Ben said. I'm actually really interested to yeah. So for our pre for our podcast next week, so make sure anyone's listening, make sure you tune in because we're gonna have Ryan, who's actually been at the game. Um, he's gonna have a very different expert perspective analysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, make sure, I'm joking. Make sure, I'm joking. Make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, and then just quickly going back to the book, I know we sort of skipped. We're sort of going back and front but let me just quickly let's talk about um because it does relate to sort of um non-brighton related topic so um i don't know if you guys saw or people listening uh jürgen klopp had a very sort of passionate uh altercation with des kelly the bt We've absolutely sports. rattled him yeah who, who, who lives in his head rent free um so yeah it, it was a very very i, I thought it was fascinating i watched the whole 12 minutes of it because i missed it at the time uh but i watched the whole 12 minutes of it and i found it was fascinating because i think um i think liam you mentioned it off off, off air um he sort of he had his he was very misplaced in terms of where his aggression and anger was going towards um and he was blaming bt and all this mm. sort of stuff uh, and he he, he randomly shot uh, you know, just aimed at Chris Wilder, which was bizarre. Um, I think his quote was, um, Chris Wilder's got one point uh, and he wants three subs. No, he, he's asking for three subs. He's calling him he selfish, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he just absolutely like fired shots at him, which was so harsh. which was bizarre. But what do we <laughs> yeah. what do we think of the whole? Because obviously it, it all stemmed from the five subs. What, what what is everyone's views on the whole five subs? Um, are we too? Are we for it? Are we against it? Let's start with you, Ryan. Um. You may or may not have seen I did a video for Copper Ninety about it. Um, I think I can see both sides. I can see I can see the side that Pep and um, and Klopp are on. I think Potter's on the same side as them. I think he wants the five subs. He's very for it uh, purely because of the whole player protection. Wants to make sure they're you know not getting injured and stuff like that. But um, for me personally, I think you know I can see that side, but I can also think. You know, if we're playing against a City or we're playing against a Liverpool, we're playing against a Chelsea, whatever, big team, 
they can bring on their world-class players. They can, you know, change the game very, very, very easily uh, in their favour. And I think it's very naive of these of these managers to say that it's, um, you know, that it's not an advantage to them because it is. I mean, let's be honest, it is. Mm. Um, but with that being said, like, I, I don't know, because, you know, with, with players at the minute, like, they're dropping like flies. Um, so I can sort of see, you know, the, the hectic schedule, FA Cup's coming in soon. It's going to be like very, very manic, especially for the top six. So I can sort of see that. Yeah, uh, and Liam, uh, I think it's the price you pay for being successful, really, isn't it? That you know you have to play these extra That's games. True. And some people said about you know I'm sure Graham Potter would love to have the difficulty of trying to manage a Champions League schedule. Um, one sort of really hmm. good suggestion that I saw as a nice middle ground would be that allow the five subs rule with the condition that the fourth and fifth sub have to be, or two of your five have to be like under 21 players. I, I was about um, to say exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 that yeah. is a really sensible way of going. Okay. Here's how we're going to mitigate this, that, you know, if, if you're that desperate just to have more players, then you shouldn't be complaining about the talent that you're bringing on. Um, you know, mm. and, and if, if, if you really need to make five subs to beat Little Brighton of Albion, then I think you need to sort of rethink your, your game schedule as a, as a, as a big club. <laughs> no, that, <that's> <laughs> uh, um, and Ben, anything to add? Um, I'm interested to see what you said, Ryan, about Graham Potter being for the five subs. And I guess mm. that just shows the confidence he has in our squad. So I think that maybe he would, yeah, maybe he'd be against having five subs because of everyone's argument about the uh, the Giants using bringing Mares on with like ten minutes to go, for example. Yeah, but yeah, it just shows that Potter is confident enough in the squad to use the five subs. Um, I did hear a funny one, um, Danny Murphy saying um, he's pointed out that Gary Lineker, when he was playing football, was fifteen man squads, and they were playing. I suppose they were playing every Saturday. They might have a midweek game as well. And they were coping with 15 players. Now we've got 25-man squads. Why are people complaining? But, but it's, mm. well, of course, but it's COVID though. Like that's a completely different sort of era that it's, they lived yeah. in. And, yeah, it's and, a and also the, the game. Yeah, I was exactly about, about yeah. to say that. So the the rigors of the game is completely different. The the intensity. Right. The, yeah, like, I, I think it's so yeah, Everyone's Go athletes on. now, aren't they? Like we are like these players are just, they're all athletes. They are top of their game, especially in the Prem. Like everyone in that division is there for a reason, you know, like the, the, the level is just a different level to 30 years ago, completely. And, and even five well, like, years ago, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah. You even look at, let's say, you know, the, the, the Wimbledon crazy gang and, uh, you know, the Arsenal, the Arsenal nineties team, they used to go out on the lash, like every, they used to go to the pub yeah. every Tuesday, Wednesday, like, mm. and just, you know, have it, <laughs> have it large. So I think it's a completely different era. And I think it's a, um, a completely different time that we live in. And, and especially with COVID as well, you know, the fixture congestion is mental because of, you know, what's been going on. Um, I just don't think it's comparable. Uh, I can sort of see where maybe the point he was trying to make, but uh, I think it's a bit of a weak argument. Um, but just going back to what you said, Liam, uh, about the sort of the three substitutes um, being, yeah, normal subs and then having the two under-21s, um, I think that's a, that's a great way to, you know, give the youth players a chance. You know, a lot of these players you see... Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a great suggestion. Um, and it'll just... Uh, and, I think and also. We... Oh, sorry, sorry, just quickly. Um, uh, just what we think we, we do have to bear in mind is it's just for this season. So it's not going to be like for next season and the True. season after. It's just for one season. True. So why not just, you know, get something sorted quickly, avoid all these stupid like arguments and people, you know, uh, you know doing a clock style rant on BT Sport and just get it sorted. Uh, but yeah, go on, Ryan. Yeah, I was just going to say um, with the whole under 23 thing, like, and uh, I think Ben, you said about Potter and his belief in the squad, like, in terms of off the pitch, we've got uh, sorry off the um, first team. We've got so much youth talent; it's ridiculous. Like our our yeah. youth team is stacked with so much talent. I think we've got that Raider Cardro, who's been really good for the under twenty threes as well. We've got we've just got so many um, youth talents that we could use. So if that if that was a rule, it would definitely work in our favour. Yeah, I mean, we we even look at like I oh, was Zato who doesn't even get in a team anymore, and he was one of our standouts last season. So you know, we've got so many youth talents, Malumbi. Sanders as well mm. so yeah we've got we've got a stat youth team no definitely and then, and then final thing uh we just wanted to discuss um of course was uh the sickening blow that um Raul Jimenez uh suffered uh with a clash of heads with um David Luiz so firstly we just want to say of course we wish him all the best because it was a it was a nasty nasty injury um uh, but the good news is he's conscious and um he's had successful surgery so we wish him all the best but um what we mm -hmm. wanted to discuss of course um was 
Um, well, one thing I wanted to mention was Troy Deeney. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, mm, I saw he, a bit he, of it. He, yeah, he, he controversially mentioned on uh, Talksport that he thinks that it should be down to the players <laughs> whether they feel that they're comfortable enough to carry on after a head injury, which I just no thought way. was absolutely bizarre and absolutely mental. Now yeah. I know we're all shaking our heads, so let's start with you, Liam. <laughs> what, what what are your thoughts on, on Troy Deeney's comments there? Um, I'm glad he's not the one in charge of making the decision. Otherwise, we'd have some serious, serious problems. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a reason there's experts in this. Um, look, I, I thought ju- not just as bad as him. This that was obviously, obviously terrible. And I'm, I'm glad that he's obviously he's stable and he's okay. But seeing David Luiz then come back onto the pitch and continue to play, yeah. and then head that ball about two minutes after, you could see mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it. I thought, you know, you know like, like we mentioned about in, in rugby and other sports later on, that the concussion protocols need to be a hell of a lot better in football. Yeah. Um, whether that be things like you get a free sub for a concussion that it doesn't eat into your three, um, or, or yeah, just just tweak it in some way that it isn't going to make managers even have to think that they want to keep a player on. Um, you know, and yeah, in the same way that players make very few decisions about who starts, what subs occur, the last thing they had to decide is is their own brain, which because. To be honest with you, you can't see inside a player's head. You, you genuinely don't know what's going on. Um, well, yeah, there, the, there's a reason the you've got people in the squad for this. No, definitely. I, th- I think that's, well, it just proves that, you know, David Luiz was probably disorientated. He didn't have a clue what was going on at the time. Yeah. So he probably just, mm-hmm. you know, he just carried on because he's been told to do so or or whatever, you know, he might have said, oh, let me carry on, boss, but he's not in the right frame of mind. Hence why we need a professional mm-hmm. to tell us that. So, yeah, um, it's all pretty uh, bizarre, I think, comments. I from yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't say I watched the match. I saw the uh, clip on Twitter, and maybe my, mem- my maybe my memory's bad. But was it be fair to say that David Lewis is pretty reckless? Um, well, so in my memory, I can remember David Lewis literally charging at the ball and obviously heading it out. Or was it a fifty-fifty? Uh, I mean, it was. It's a tough one. It's hard one. to say that. Uh, yeah, with it's, the header, it's, isn't it? It's a, it's a tough one. Reality. Got, yeah. No, go on, run. I think reality of it, like in a header, there's not much control over your body. You're just going. You're just going to fling your head at the ball naturally that's just what you're going to do so it's hard to call a reckless header because at the end of the day I suppose you could say every head is reckless really because that's what it is you're, you're going with your head and um yeah I don't know but yeah the, the whole the whole um thing with concussion like it's uh something that I'm really really passionate about like I had concussion for five months in 2018 um, people Jesus. think it's something that can happen overnight. It can be a, a weak thing. I can tell you it's not. You know, I was um, I had it on the Saturday and I didn't feel anything. Continued. I was at work. Continued. Absolutely fine. Sunday, I had a headache, but you know nothing unusual. Monday, I had a test, had an exam for my A levels, and I couldn't write. My, I literally, I thought I was writing, but I wasn't writing anything. Uh, my writing was Jesus. all skewed, but. It's, it's important to sort of for these players because I think people like think, oh, it's just a bang on the head. But concussion is literally diagnosed as, you know, light brain, light brain damage. So I think, you know, that's what's um, it messes you up. You don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. And I think for a large part of it, I can't even remember half of it because I was just knocked out. And um, yeah, I think with concussion, like people don't really know about it. And like with with. Um, and the initial thing, you wouldn't think anything of it. Like, I was just laughing, like, because um, people were just laughing at me, hitting my head. Like, ah, it's funny. How, how, how did it, how did it happen? Well, how, how did you hit your head? I smacked the back of my head here. Um, so I was, I was working, so I was just stacking a, this, uh, whatever I was doing, I can't remember. But I, I come back up and I smacked my head on this metal unit and it just oh, went, it was quite a nasty bang. It wasn't very nice. Um, and I think, you know, it's not always, like with you say, David Luiz playing on, it's not always like, you know straight away, as you, as I said, like yeah. you, it can take twenty four hours to actually feel anything. Um, you don't get symptoms straight away. You don't have to feel dizzy. You don't have to feel sick. Um, and I think that in rugby they use this thing or something like that. I can't remember what sport it was. Uh, they use a concussion thing where they have a literal five minute uh, diagnosis. They literally can tell straight away. I don't know what they do. I think it's a swab or something, um, and they can tell straight away. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that not really many people speak about. Like, it's not really a, a very spoken about thing in football. And it's not it's mm. sort of coming to the thing now with the whole dementia links as well, uh, with header and a ball. It's slightly different, but it's similar lines. And I yeah. think, yeah, with, with concussion, like, yeah, it's just a, it's a horrible thing. It's a really, really horrible thing. And it can affect anyone differently. Like, mm. 
for you, you could hit your head in exactly the same way as I did and you could be absolutely fine. Or Liam, you could hit your head and you could be out yeah. for a week. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. really does depend. And it's, um, it's a nasty thing. You know, I, I went from January all the way through to April, May before I actually returned to sort of normality. And it was, uh, not very fun time. I can tell you that much. <laughs> no, definitely. No, def- yeah, no, definitely. Um, and no, of course, you not know, many people it, too, it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, it's not a nice um, subject at all. And, uh, we obviously wish, uh, like mm. I said earlier, we, we, we wish Raul Jimenez all the best because, um, of course, you know, Ryan Mason, unfortunately had to retire. Yeah. So it'll be, yeah. Uh, yeah. it'll be a huge, it'll be a huge, huge shame if, you know, uh, a player in his pretty much his prime, you know, he's been one of the best, well, best Premier League uh, strikers, uh, I'd say. Um, so it'd be a great, great shame if it went down the line. But, but fingers crossed it doesn't, um, and mm. he's, he makes a full recovery. Uh, but just so... He's so, fractured his skull, hasn't he, I think? Yeah, yeah, fractured skull. So, so I think he, I yeah. think he had a successful surgery, I think. So he fingers did, yeah. crossed, um, it, it, you know, he's on the road to recovery, fingers crossed. Hopefully. Uh, but no, um, it's been a great, great podcast. Liam, um, so thank you very mm. much, firstly, for coming on. Um, where, where, where can we find you on all the uh, social socials? So, so on, on Twitter, come and find me at Albion Analytics. So you, you'll find me over there posting a whole load of XG and other nerdy football <laughs> stat stuff. Um, XG ASMR. <laughs> that's what you're doing next Saturday. I'm still right now. Uh, great. Bissouma yeah. with 0.02. Yeah. Uh, and it, yes, Bissouma from far out. <laughs> and, and you've got, um, and you've got a podcast as well? <laughs> yes, yes. I did podcast over on the page. Um, thinking I'm really funny with a great pun of expected goals. So changing XG to... Uh, goals being obviously seagulls um so do come and check us out over there um we do some more sort of ramblings about uh writing games and stuff uh, yeah that has fun good stuff there. well no liam we really really appreciate uh, your time and um you, it's, you been very insi- it's been very insightful uh, to be honest with you so mm. we really enjoyed it um, and i hope you've enjoyed it too and of course um to everyone listening and watching uh make sure if you're watching make sure you subscribe and of course uh, like the video and if you're listening of course just you know spread the word get us get us out there to, to some more brighton fans uh but no it's been an absolute pleasure uh, and we shall see you next week away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.